Daniel, what do we mean when we talk about the rural or the rural context? Well, I think the rural is an unhelpfully generic term, a bit like community or indeed the urban. Rural for me is a socially constructed contrast with the urban other and it varies according to a number of different criteria, I think. For example, there's population density. We expect the rural context to be lightly populated. There's the character of the landscape. We expect green spaces. There's also the character of the built environment. We don't expect to see big high-rise blocks. There's also a degree of, of isolation insofar as people associate the rural with getting away from it all. There's also the culture of the population where people talk about the sense of community that exists in rural areas. And I think also probably we could mention the nature of economic activity where there's a particular emphasis in the rural upon agriculture. Are any of these things particularly rural or is it just a matter of degree? I don't think any of them are, are distinctly rural. For example, you, you're going to get green spaces within cities and you get factories in the rural. And I think probably each of those things could be seen as lying on some kind of urban-rural continuum, which means that Rurality is really multi-layered and it creates a number of distinct types of rural space. You get, for example, the suburban fringe, which is almost rural, or perhaps the northern pit village. You get an isolated hamlet or perhaps market towns. They're all quite different types of the rural. When we think about the, the rural, we often imagine them to be homogenous places. I think we expect cities, on the other hand, to be very cosmopolitan or diverse, but we don't expect to encounter such diversity in rural areas or is this the kind of typical view of a city dweller? I think it may be the view of a city dweller. Rural areas are characterised by diversity albeit a, a different diversity from that which exists in the city. You get divisions for example between indigenous people and newcomers, between people who work in the rural area and people who visit it as leisure seekers. Different users of the rural emphasise different aspects of rurality and that has the potential for conflict over the use of rural space. We've been talking about some of the changes in, in the urban environment. Uh, to what extent has the population in rural areas changed recently? Up until the 60s, the key dynamic was rural depopulation. People were moving out of the country and into the cities, so it was rural depopulation accompanied with urbanisation. Since the 70s, certainly, the trend has been in the other direction. There's been a, a overall counter-urbanisation with a flight from the urban to the rural, particularly for certain groups, affluent people who can afford to live in the rural context, and also older people who would like to retire there. There are, however, a number of more immediate changes that you can draw attention to. For example, there's been an increase in the manufacturing sector in the rural area as a result of, of development policies there. There's been an increase in the service sector, particularly leisure and tourism. House prices have boomed in the rural area and we've seen a growth in second home ownership with quite important social consequences mm -hmm. for rural areas. We've seen a decline in agriculture and as a result we now have agriculture as an employment sector which is characterised by insecure and low paid work. Some groups continue to leave the rural areas, particularly rural young people and, and those on low incomes who are effectively priced out of, of rural areas. There is a, a growing phenomenon of rural homelessness and there are problems, as you'd expect, of, of crime and disorder as well. Nicoletta and I uh, talked about some of the changes in, in the urban environments and how these were connected to concerns about crime and disorder and people's willingness to tolerate 
particular practices and, and behaviours. And there's been a great deal of research now on the urban and the problem of crime and disorder in urban areas. But we know relatively little about crime in rural areas. Why do you think that's the case? I think there are a number of reasons why we don't know very much about crime in the rural area. Perhaps most obviously, criminology really has been an urban discipline. Criminology was born pretty much the same time as the modern city was, and and, and the two have have almost developed together. If you think of uh, things like the Chicago School in the 20th century, that's certainly the case. I think also criminology follows the problems that are identified by policymakers, and policymakers tend to be preoccupied with urban populations and urban problems. I think also if if anyone's trying to research the rural, they're faced with a number of methodological problems. The available data sources, for example, have a habit of homogenising the rural and don't really reflect its true diversity. For example, in police crime statistics, a very crude division is, is made between urban and rural forces. I appreciate that it's, it's difficult to find out about rural crime, but despite these problems, what do we know about it? We have to make the usual methodological reservations, but uh, subject to them we can say that rural areas do appear to suffer lower levels and rates of victimisation than you would find in urban areas, but that within some rural areas there are particular locations where that may not be the case. There are then some distinctive rural crimes. I guess I'm thinking of things like poaching or wildlife crime. But generally speaking, rural crime tends to have a similar profile in terms of crime types and in terms of the distribution of those crime types to urban areas. You mentioned the methodological problems, and we're aware of many problems associated with crime statistics and indeed the way they're represented. But would you say that there are particular problems with the crime statistics in rural areas? Yeah, I think so. I I think there's evidence to suggest that public reporting may well be lower in rural areas. Uh, And I think also that because there are scarce police resources and because the police adopt a a more informal policing style, it's likely to be the case that there is less crime recorded by the police in rural areas. So we can't really be that certain that crime is as low as it is portrayed in official statistics or that it appears to be the case. There's a general perception in rural locations that that crime uh, is on the increase. But that operates through the more or less powerful lens of of the rural idyll. Mm, The idea of a a rural idyll is particularly interesting. It's something that we'll come back to. But how might we best understand the crime problem in rural areas then? I think we have to look at the way that uh, the crime problem is represented in rural areas, both by professionals and in lay discourse. One very dominant representation is, and and this I think again comes from the influence of the rural idyll, is simply that there is no crime problem in the rural area. There's then I think a second discourse where crime is linked or perceived to be uh, a consequence of external threats Mm -hmm. uh, to the uh, rural location. So we have things like bogus callers or travelling criminals, also uh, the threat that's perceived to be posed by travellers and uh, gypsy people who together may be regarded as in in one way or another socially undesirable. There's also, with the uh, dispersal policy at the moment, some concern in rural areas about asylum seeker populations and also with newcomers who bring this different culture with them. Towards the end of the 1980s, for example, there was a, a concern about 
uh, large allowance in, in rural areas. And today, perhaps, there's a similar concern about the quality of parenting from urban newcomers in rural areas. There's another representation which is not as powerful as the other ones, but shows, again, as we see in urban areas, that crime is linked to internal social problems. You have the problem, particularly in rural areas, of, of young people failing to make the transition because of the expense of housing and the insecurity of work. So they have a number of housing problems and because of failing to make the transition we can see problems with alcohol and drug misuse, problems with antisocial behaviour as a result of the lack of services and space provided for young people in, in rural areas and the gap that they perceive between their aspirations which are obtained from the globalised media and the reality in which they find themselves. Mm, what about fear of crime? I think there is a, an issue around fear of crime in rural areas. Partly that might be a, a demographic issue because there are more older people there and, and older people, as crime surveys show, are generally more fearful of crime. But also fear, I think, is, is linked to the similar kinds of things that we see in urban areas. We've heard earlier about the struggles over urban space in Leith and between the different interest groups over the toleration zone. Are there similar examples of conflicts in rural areas? I mean, for example, do groups have different ideas about the rural and the kind of order that they prefer? I think there are some episodic instances of conflict which you see emerging in the rural areas. For example, the conflict between fox hunters and hunt saboteurs, the conflict that you get between conservationists and, and people who want to use the land in, in ways that, that conservationists don't support. So I guess I would include there travellers, people holding illegal raids or even motorsports enthusiasts who want to take their scrambling bikes or four-wheel drives over the countryside. There also tends to be a, a conflict between uh, environmentalists and animal rights protesters and farmers with their dubious modern farming practices. And also even on the, on the right to roam, uh, a conflict between ramblers and landowners who seem uh, overly keen to, to close off their land from public use. Do these different sets of interests then become apparent in, in discussions about regulating or, or responding to crime? I think the episodic instances that I've just referred to don't really come out as a problem as far as the routine governance of crime is concerned. The police sometimes use rural crime as an issue to lobby for additional resources. Certainly in the mid-1990s there was a raised public concern about rural crime and, and certain rural constabulary chief constables were drawing attention to the way that certain rural crime rates were higher than inner city crime rates and that they were encountering those problems with considerably fewer officers. But as far as patrol or response officers are concerned, they have to rely more upon informal dispute resolution and a role of, of mediation. We've also seen, in terms of the governance of crime, in more recent years, the emergence of a community safety infrastructure. So parish or town councils have a responsibility now to consider crime prevention in their routine activities, but they often don't really choose to do so because they also may be influenced by this rural idyll where they want to keep their areas to be perceived, at least, as crime-free. There are also district local authorities at a higher tier of local government some of those, I think, are disinclined to see crime as their business. There's an old, slightly unreconstructed view, I guess, from local authorities which sees crime as the job of the police and it will remain ever thus. Perhaps that view is partly born from necessity because they don't have the resources to do anything particularly substantial about crime problems. There's also, I think, in, in local authorities, a rural equivalent to the urban boosterism you see in the cities where the image of a crime-free 
rural area is being used to promote the local economy, particularly for tourism, but also for economic relocation. I understand then that perhaps unlike in urban areas where more facilities might be available, although of course under considerable pressure, but the capacity to respond to victims might be especially limited in rural areas. I mean, I'm thinking, for example, that there might be fewer specialist services to respond to victims of sexual violence or domestic violence, for example, or perhaps, you know, facilities to cater for the needs of some offenders, for example, drug misuse, treatment programmes and so on. 